This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. A Sunday get-together here on CBS Sports Radio. Jody Mack coming live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios when you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get at it. Rocket can. All right. I am uh, very excited about talking to our next guest. I've known him for years. Uh, He is still the only man to ever win an NBA and NCAA championship as their head coach on the sidelines. He's only been part of the game for about 65 plus years. Uh, An all time great and a Hall of Fame coach. Larry Brown joins us here on CBS Sports Radio. How are you, coach? I'm good, Jody. It's been a while. It has been a while since you and I have had a chance to talk, and you were one of my all-time favorites. Uh, unique first question. In your opinion, what is the best quote you ever put forward? Well, I got it from my coach, so it, but, you know, just the, the people that have been involved in my life in basketball, I guess, they play the right way. And you did. You said that a lot. And that might be my second favorite quote of yours. Let me share with you the one that uh, it just sticks in my memory. I think of it all the time. You were making one of your changes from one of your jobs to your next job, and you did it many a time during your career. And after you had uh, decided to move on, uh, someone asked you about, well, what are you going to do now, coach? And you said, well, I'm going to take some time and smell my kids. Right. I knew you were going to say that. I had never heard anybody use that phrase before, and at the time I had a young daughter, and I said, damn, I do that same thing. I smell my kid's hair all the time when I give her a hug. And I said, that is so cool. I had never heard anybody say that. You still smelling uh, your kids, your grandkids, uh, the the family brown these days? Yeah. Um, you know, when I was in Philly, um, my wife Shelly used to, put the kids to sleep and then come to the game. She'd get there at halftime a lot of times, but you know, it's always good to be able to drive back with somebody after a game. Cause you know, sometimes you get emotional after a ball game and when you're around family, it's, it's different. And then I always used to think about the first thing you're going to do when you get home is you smell your kids. So <laughs> it just, it just happened. Win or lose, they smell the same jody oh that's it that's a great all-time quote i gotta give you credit for that coach now you mentioned philly and your wife coming to the games you actually stayed longer in philadelphia than any of the other three aba seven nba three college stops that you made what was it about philly that you liked as much as you did well i loved the owner um mr snyder i you know i've been fortunate 
you know, I've had some unbelievable owners in my career, but he he just stood out. He was such a good person. Um, he had a passion for Philly, you know, with the Flyers, and then you know helping take over the Sixers along with Pat Croce, and then I think the passion of the fans. Um, you know, I don't know if there's any place like it, to be honest with you. Uh, they can be hard on you, but they're always fair. They always care how you do. And then, you know, my being there at the same time with Allen, you know, the way the people loved Allen and how hard he competed and just the way he played, I think together, you know, made that stay pretty damn, you know, special for me and my family. Understood. We're talking to Larry Brown here with us on CBS Sports Radio. Coach, there were a couple of reasons I wanted to get you on. We tried a couple of uh, months ago, and we just couldn't get a scheduled time to work. I truly appreciate you coming on today. Going back to your assistant coach roots, all you got to do is remember from like 50 years ago, but you're going to be helping out Penny Hardaway at Memphis this year. How'd that come together? Wow, I've been I've been meaning to try to get back in some capacity. Um, you know, a lot of people think as you get older, you get dumber. Um, <laughs> and, and quite honestly, this year a lot of my guys got jobs in the NBA, so I might have been able to go back, you know, to the NBA and help. But Penny, I coached Penny at the end of my career in New York, the end of his career, and we stayed pretty close. And when he uh, he was out coaching high school and AAU basketball. I happened to be at SMU, and I used to watch his teams play. And I was so impressed with himself and how hard the kids played and how much they respected what he was doing. Um, it, it just really blew me away. And then uh, he got the Memphis job and started calling me and asking me if I'd come to Memphis with him. And it didn't work out for a couple of years for a couple of reasons, but he kept persisting. And then this year just happened to be a good time for me and a good time for him. So I hope I haven't forgotten how to coach, Jody. You know, the game, <laughs> the game's changed so much. You know, the way I see it and the way other people see it is a little bit different. But, you know, Penny has the same values I have. Um, he loves to teach. He cares about kids. And those are important things for me. And the last thing I think, Jody, you, you mentioned it. If you look at my background, who coached me, who I played for, um, the players I got to coach, the people that sat next to me, there's so much I'd like to share with others before it's too late. And, you know, hopefully... You know, being with Penny at Memphis, I'll have that opportunity. I was going to say, yes, Coach, it's been a couple of years, but your last stop was at SMU, so the the college game has changed some, but not drastically. The NBA game, you've been out for a decade now, has probably changed even more so. You mentioned the contact you still have within the league, your guys, and uh, getting opportunities and, and the like. What do you think the biggest change in the NBA has been during the 10 years that you've been out? Well, one, the league's so much younger. Um, it's amazing to me. I, you know, I looked at my Detroit team, and uh, our bench was 
Mike James and Lindsey Hunter and Eldon Campbell and Corliss Williamson and Memo Core. That would have been a good team to me in, in the game being played today. Um, but they were older, experienced guys. You know, you didn't get to start very much if you were a young kid, unless you were, you know, like Allen or Durant or Kyrie, somebody like that. You you had to sit there two or three years to learn how to play, to learn how you could contribute to your team, you know, to understand your role, appreciate the minutes you got. Now young kids are playing right away. Um, the shot selection to me is so different than anything I've ever seen in my life. You know, I'm not opposed to shooting three pointers, but I'm opposed to anybody shooting a three pointer (laughs) and I'm opposed to shooting a three pointer early in the clock when you don't have a chance to rebound or get fouled or even get back. So, you know, those are things that, you know, change in my eyes. And then, and I'm not being critical, Jody, but last year, not this past year, um, Miami played in the finals, you know, for the NBA championship against the Lakers. They had Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, and Ben Adubato, guys that I really have a lot of respect for. But they're young kids. I don't know if they would have played, you know, when Michael was there and Larry was there and Magic and all these old great teams that had depth and older guys. They would have been guys that were – being developed and waiting for their turn and now they're playing for an NBA championship so that that just shows me either one the young kids are so much better or two you know we're so much younger all right let me ask you about that 2003 2004 championship piston team because um we talk about it here on the air all the time everybody who wins a championship these days has at least one superstar. And if it's not one superstar, it's two superstars. And if you can get it, you try and get three superstars together to form a super team. Your championship team was the last team, for my money, that didn't have a superstar. Richard Hamilton and your Wallace brothers, Ben and Rashid and Chauncey, were all really good players, star players. But I don't know I would call any of them a superstar. When people go back and look at it, you say, how do you win championships? Well, the Pistons did it without a superstar. Do you take extra pride in that? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm proud of every team I coach. Some teams I did a better job than others. But, you know, it's you're one out of 30 guys being a head coach in the NBA, Jody. And, you know, that's a pretty important thing in my mind. But... You know, I, I I don't disagree with you often, but some of those guys, in some ways, if you look at how they impacted the game, you could say they were a superstar. Um, you know, Ben's getting in the Hall of Fame True. on the 11th of September, and he asked me to, you know, present him, which is one of the great throws you can have as a coach to be able to be up there when somebody's, you know, honored like that. But he impacted the game on the defensive end like any of these great players may impact the game on the offensive end. Rashid, you know, to me, was as good an all-around player as I've ever been with. Um, you know, Chauncey and Rip, they, you look back on their careers, it was pretty incredible 
we had, you know, a young kid named Tayshawn Prince who had an unbelievable career. But, you know, the one thing I wanted you to know, you know, earlier on in our conversation, I talked about our bench, you know, in L- against L.A. We were as deep as any team in the NBA. So, True. you know, there might be people that can say, hey, they didn't have one, two or three guys like LeBron or Durant or some of these other special players. But we had an unbelievable team. Um, and I hear that all the time when I, you know, I'm on and people talk about teams that they had a lot of respect for. But, you know, the team that most people talk to me about that, that they had the most respect for Which? was the 2001 Philly team. Okay. Um, you know, because we did have Allen, who's as good a player as probably ever played. And we did have Matumbo. You know, but I thought that team, you know, achieved as well as any team I've ever coached or been a part of. And if if people remember, Geiger was hurt and didn't want to play. You know, George Lynch was hurt and didn't get to play. And you look at the names on that team, and they're all kind of guys that would make you feel like they're Philly guys. You know, like Eric Snow and Aaron McKee, you know, and Allen, of course, and Tyrone Hill and Matumbo, all kind of great human beings that just played with unbelievable passion. So those are the kind of teams I like to be associated with. And it's part of the reason why something like what happened last month, you're getting the Chuck Daly Lifetime Achievement Award from the NBA, uh, a a prestigious award which you certainly deserved and earned, uh, and you got it uh, earlier this month. Um, When they told you that you were winning the award, what was the first thing that came to your mind? Um, I was blown away, one, because I had so much respect for Chuck, and then I looked at the names of the people that have received that award. And that was, that was incredible. But the the first thing that came to my mind is things like this, you know, when you get honored, it, it only happens when you were surrounded by special people, you know, you never do anything really great by yourself, especially, you know, when you're a coach and you're coaching a game like basketball. So that was the first thing I thought about is, I had a great high school coach, you know, Frank McGuire recruited my mother. She told me to go to North Carolina. I ended up, you know, playing for him. And then when he left to go with the the Warriors, Coach Smith took over. You know, I played for Mr. Iba, Alex Hannum, you know, John McClendon. I had people sit next to me like Doug Moe and, you know, Calipari and self and, uh, you know, pop, there's all those things I thought about was the people that, you know, allowed me to do what I did. And that's the reason I guess I won that award. Well, you cer- certainly deserving coach. And, uh, you quoted some pretty impressive names there that you've uh, been with during your basketball travels. Uh, one of them took you to the Olympics way back when first as a player, but then as a coach as well, got the gold as a player, didn't quite finish the deal as a coach back in 2004. We just had the Olympics. Team USA won another gold. Uh, a little bit harder work, and the wor- the globe is shrinking. They are not as dominant as they used to be. You have to work to get those gold medals. 
as a guy who had all these basketball experiences and specific Olympic experience, what's it like you watch in the Olympics these days? You know, one, I don't think the teams are quite like they were, the European teams. You know, you have Russia split up. You have Yugoslavia split up. Um, a lot of guys choose not to play. But I also recognize that players are getting better all over the world. You know, you look at the draft every year, you you know, a third or more kids that are overseas that are getting drafted, you see players coming out of every part of the world that are unbelievable. You know, Giannis, you know, coming from Greece and Africa wins, you know, wins a championship, wins an NBA. I mean, uh, his MVP. So it's, it's become a world game. You know, when you mentioned my team, I was, I was all, I was on a number of Olympic teams. The 2014 people forget one, we didn't get to practice. To all the players that were on the 2003 qualifying team basically refused to go because of 9-11. So they put a team together that had no time to practice, um, had no understanding of, you know, how we had to play because it was such a different environment. You know, the NBA picked 12 guys, and very few of them were any of the guys that were selected to, you know, be on the team originally, Kobe had the problem in Colorado. Carl Malone's, you know, grandmother died, so he couldn't come. So it was a whole different thing. But I think what happened because we lost is Jerry Coangelo took over, right. and we actually were committed to practice, and they were committed to select the team based on what was going to be the best team to represent the United States. And I think that was really a significant thing. And then, you know, this year, it wasn't easy, but a lot of guys made unbelievable sacrifices to go to the Olympics because it meant a lot to them. You know, some of the guys on Milwaukee, after playing in the finals, decided to go. Durant, you know, decided to go late. And that was something that really made me feel good that a lot of guys were committed to represent their country and made some sacrifices to do it. And to come out with a gold medal, you know, was really a neat thing. Larry Brown here with us on CBS Sports Radio. All right, Coach, I, another reason I wanted to get you on, I had about 40 of them, was uh, during your long tenure and your many stops, you coached some great players. I'm not talking about talent. I'm just talking about coachable players, guys with phenomenal attitudes and there every single day and doing what's right, playing what the, the right way and being a great teammate. You also coached a whole bunch of difficult players and guys that either because of their personality or their attitude or just the way that they handled their life in basketball would not have been easy. Philadelphia has one now in Ben Simmons. He's just a tough kid to get a read on, and uh, his game hasn't improved, but he's a world of talent and the like. And Doc Rivers is the guy who's going to have to try and get the most out of him if he's still in Philadelphia again next year. If Doc called you, would you make a suggestion to him how to best handle Ben Simmons? I have a hard time, you know, telling people how to coach players. Um, you know, I the guys I have a relationship with, when they ask me something and I feel like I can give them input that I think is 
is positive and would help. Um, I'm not opposed to doing that. I know Ben better than most, Jody, because when he was at Montverde Academy as a sophomore, I was down there all the time recruiting kids. And he was as good a young player as I've ever seen in my life um, in terms of the way he impacted the game, uh, the way he defended, the way he saw the floor, you know, just the little intangibles that he had aside from having unbelievable size and athletic ability. So I, I was blown away at an early age watching him play. Um, if, if I would suggest something to Doc is one, I wouldn't publicly say anything about Ben other than he's a great player and we're committed to see that he shows his full potential because we can't find anybody quite like him. The second thing I tell Ben is don't listen to anybody else, but get your ass in the gym <laughs> and work on your game because all the great players, no matter what time in their career, once the season was over, they got in the gym and tried to improve on things they knew they needed to get better at. But to be honest with you, I, I don't think you can find a kid like him, Jody. He can guard one through five. He's a willing passer. He's an unbelievable talent. I think the biggest thing for him is forget anybody else and what anybody says about you. Get in the gym, work on your craft, because you have the talent to be as good as anybody. We'll see if that happens this offseason. Uh, sorry to say, Coach, I, I have my doubts. All right, uh, just a couple more, and then we'll let you run. Uh, again, your many travels, three NBA, NBA teams, seven NBA teams, three college teams. Was there anywhere that you uh, went and coached against that you enjoyed the town, the either the organization or the university that you said in the back of your mind, you know, I wouldn't mind coaching here someday. And it wasn't one of the 13 places that you actually sat down in that it just didn't work out timing wise or whatever. What was the one spot that you coached against that you wouldn't have mind coaching for? Well, I'll, I'll give you a number of things. When, when I got to North Carolina as assistant after the Olympics for, with Coach Smith, he asked me where I wanted to coach someday. And I said, Coach, I'd love to coach North Carolina, but <laughs> I don't want to ever see you step down. So he said, well, where, where else? Give me some of the other places. So I said, Stanford, Vanderbilt, Princeton, and Northwestern. And he said, why would you say those teams? I said, well, they all are great academically. They're all in good conferences. And I think I'd like to be around kids like that. So, and then when I was uh, out of work um, after Charlotte, I got off of the Stanford job. I think I was 70 something years old. And I was just so excited about it. But, I, you know, our family had moved so much. I told Bob Bowlesby, who's now the commissioner of the Big 12, who was the AD then. I'd love to go, but I don't think I can do it. And that's, that's a regret I really have because that was a place that I thought was really, really special.
That is, uh, I remember that story and that there were rumors that Larry Brown could be coaching Stanford. It didn't quite pan out, but uh, Memphis got the best of it because uh, you get to sit next to Petty this year and get a chance to mold and shape some very young, uh, talented basketball players. Um, when you got to report back to class, Coach? Well, I think I'm leaving Wednesday morning. I'm with, <laughs> with my family in New York. Um, the kids had finished summer school, so they're not due back till the 22nd or 3rd of this month. So I think I'm leaving Wednesday. We might have some, some things I have to do to get ready for the season and figure out how I can help Penny. It's, you know, it's being an assistant coach at a child, college level is kind of a new thing for me. The last yeah. time I did it, it was with Coach Smith in 1966 and 67. <laughs> And it was just Coach Smith, John Lotz, and myself. So now things have really changed. So I'm hopeful, like I said earlier, I hadn't forgotten how to teach. And I'm looking forward to smelling the gym against Jody. You smell the kids and smelling the gym. Doesn't get it any better than either of those two things. Coach, great stuff. We thank you much for spending this much time with us. I could have done another hour with you easy, but don't want to take up too much of your time. Thank you very much for coming on. Uh, we'll reach out when the season is underway. Maybe we'll get you on talk a little Memphis basketball. Thanks for coming on with us today. Thanks, Jody. It's always good hearing from you. My Be pleasure. Safe. That is Hall of Famer Larry Brown here with us on CBS Sports Radio. Olympics I wanted to get into. Uh, coaching difficult guys like Ben Simmons. I didn't know that he was as close to Ben Simmons as he was. Getting back into it after only, only 60 years since he was last an assistant coach. Larry Brown is one of the great stories in basketball, and I'm glad we got to share a couple chapters with you guys today. All right, Jody Mack coming back. Hey, you want to talk about the coach, we can. We can continue with the football conversation. Hit me up, 855-212-4227. Mackman here with you on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. 
News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.